3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 14th of November. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow. And welcome back, Giselle. I'm sure all our listeners are very happy. We've all followed uh, your your absence here. So it's good to see you smiling and happy again in the studio. So well, welcome back. Thank you and thank you to all the listeners as well. All right. On today's um, program, uh, of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Work. Links. Um, you can get it on the website and the Facebook. We That's right. All the w's.aawl.org.au. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. We won't give out our phone details just yet. Having a few complications in that department. In 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 the world of uh, the the techos companies and all that. Anyway, on today's program, we'll have just a few um, quick announcements because we've actually got a um, a long interview. It'll be in two parts with um, Farid uh, Patovi, who is a a uh, spokesperson for the International Alliance in support of workers in Iran who will give us an update, a very interesting update about what's happening to the workers' movement in Iran. But um, let's go to the Let's race into yep. news from around the region. The first story comes from Thailand and Myanmar and the seafood industry. So the seafood industry is one of the most exploitative sectors in Thailand, utilising mainly migrant workers from neighbouring Myanmar. For workers the ability to organise has decreased since the military took over last year. Nevertheless, this week, around 1,500 workers employed at the Golden Prize Tuna Canning Factory went out on strike to protest against the gruelling long workdays, working conditions and low wages. The situation could have become very serious with the development of large numbers of armed military personnel confronting the workers. While workers have gone back to work, the situation has not been resolved. And uh, we go to Bangladesh where a week ago one person was murdered and another three were injured in two separate attacks against writers and publishers. These are not isolated um, incidents as just this year four internet bloggers have been murdered in separate incidents. These murders um, are, are an orchestrated campaign by fundamentalist forces, both within and outside the government, to stifle debate on past crimes and to create a climate of fear. This is an attack on all workers' right to organise and to participate in political life in Bangladesh. The Committee to Protect Journalists has launched an international campaign calling for the killings to stop and for the government to pursue the killers. 
And in Australia, another death, another tragic death in Australia's concentration camps. Australia's brutal treatment of asylum seekers and refugees has claimed another victim with the death of an Iranian Kurdish man, Faisal Cheni. He had been detained in the detention facility in Christmas Island. A riot subsequently broke out in the detention centre with inmates protesting against the conditions of their incarceration. Faisal's death comes only weeks after the suicide of Khudai Amini. Protests against this latest death were held in all major cities like Melbourne and Sydney. In addition, there are reports that refugees are now being systematically denied medical help and are having their communications restricted. Very sad uh, news there. Um, but um, very quick, I will make a very quick comment, Giselle. Ranjini, the Tamil um, refugee who's in jail for three years, has just been released. Um, so that's great. But um, also just uh, an event for this Monday night. Um, we often talk about um, how workers are repressed. Uh, workers and uh, and companies keep us uh, disorganised um, by uh, dismissing, beating um um, putting fines on us, rapes and even murders. And, of course, a lot of us are in jail. And, of course, the more disorganised we are, the cheaper they can pay us. Um, that's why there is a Global Day of Action on Monday, the 16th of November, at the um, uh, all around the world. And here in Melbourne, it's going to be on Monday, the 16th of November, at the eight-hour monument at half past five. So um, everyone welcome to remember our... Our comrades who have been killed, who are in jail, who have lost their jobs, but also to make sure that we fight for the right to organise. And Our final story for the morning comes from India. The use of asbestos in India continues to claim workers' lives. While the use and production of asbestos in is banned in many industrialised countries, asbestos continues to be used widely in less industrialised countries. The use of asbestos is very widespread in parts of Asia, with increasing numbers of local organisations being informed in an attempt to stop its use. Sorry, being formed in an attempt to stop its use. While international treaties are diminishing asbestos use, the pace of regulation is too slow for too many workers. A recently produced video tries to convey the human toll of asbestos that Indian workers are currently facing, and we've posted that video to our Facebook page. And that's all that we've got for you today in terms of the news roundup. Reclaim Australia and the United Patriots Front are at it again, and they're still using Islamophobia to divide us. Next, they'll blame Unionists, First Nations people, women, LGBTIQA people, people of colour, the list goes on. They've organised another rally to promote their hate speech, and we're going to stop them. Rally on Sunday, November 22nd, to remind these thugs that they'll always lose in Melbourne. 11 a.m. outside Melton City Council, 232 High Street, Melton. For more information and to get details on the rally, text subscribe to 0422 726 843. The Campaign Against Racism and Fascism is a 3CR supporter. Workers United, never be defeated. Workers United, we'll overcome. 
It's just uh, seven past nine o'clock here on 3CR Radio and listening to Asia Pacific Currents. As announced at the start of the program, we've got an extended interview. It'll be in two parts with um, Farid Patovi, who is a spokesperson with the International Alliance in support of workers in Iran. This year has seen a big upsurge in workers' struggle, especially by the teachers in Iran. Can you give us a bit of a background why there has been this uh, seeming upsurge in uh, workers' mobilisation in Iran and the teachers especially? Teachers are very strong force within the broader workforce and the labor movement in Iran. We have uh, more than one million teachers in the country. As you know, and we've been talking about this before, and you've been covering the uh, news of workers' movement in Iran a number of times, the situation of workers' movement in Iran has not improved in terms of some of the basic demands of workers, such as the right to organize independently, uh, such as uh, unpaid wages in Iran of very poverty wages and increasing, very ever increasing unemployment and the repression by security forces. So teachers are also be, uh, seeing more and more seeing that they have the same fate as the rest of the workers movement in Iran. We have seen a lot more activities by teachers in recent years because many teachers now live in poverty the wages have been stagnant for years, and they also similar to the rest of the Iranian workers. They have no right to form their own independent organization. They have no right to strike or protest, and that's why many of their activists have been targeted, persecuted, and prosecuted, and some of them are in jail currently. Also, some of the demands that we've seen by the teachers that are actually very popular, like including free education for everyone because we are seeing lots of um, efforts by the government to privatize the school system. We have seen the casualization of uh, teaching positions. Uh, so many of teaching positions are like based on contracts and the different uh, wage scales. Also, uh, most classes, they don't meet any of the international regulations and standards. Teachers have been complaining about the working conditions. Uh, also, one of the demands of teacher being that direct participation in terms of the preparation of uh, curriculum, which is because they have no say in any of that, and also, again, around the wages. To currently, in order to be able to live above the poverty line, you would need to have at least three million and maybe three and three and a half million to man, which is uh, above one thousand dollar. Uh, U.S. because get wages in Toman, Toman, but uh, you actually spend everything in dollar because everything been all the prices of the basic goods and basic necessaries uh, have been increasing. So teachers' wages on average tutor about 70% below the poverty line. So if poverty line is around $1,000, teachers' wages on average is around $300 or $400. You know, I mean, there might be teachers with more seniority that are getting paid more. But on average, the wages are extremely low, especially because many of them are on contract and they don't have, uh, they don't receive some of the basic benefits than those with permanent positions. So also, there's been lots of protests by teachers demand the freedom of their colleagues. A number of them been imprisoned in recent months, uh, including the general secretary of, like Esmail Abdi, who's the general secretary of Iranian teachers trade association 
who was arrested in June 2015, hasn't, hasn't been released. He was actually invited to go to Education International 7th Congress, World Congress in Canada, but since then he's been in jail. One of their uh, spokespersons, Mr. Mahmoud Behishti Langrudi, he's also been uh, arrested in September and is still in prison. One, uh, one of the very well-known teachers, his name is Mr. Rasul Bodagi. He's been in jail for the past six years, and this is a teacher with 20 years of seniority teaching, and he was prison for six years. He was supposed to be released just uh, about two months ago. And uh, not only did they didn't release him, they added another three-year sentence against him. And also, there are a number of other teachers who are currently in prison uh, in different provinces as well. So one of the key demands of teachers is to free all their representatives. And these are organizations who are not recognized by the government. They represent the majority of teachers in Iran but they are not, not only not only not recognized, but they are facing intelligence forces, security forces, constant harassment, arrest and suspensions, you know, trials. So it's very, uh, very serious situation when it comes to what teachers are going through. And I think that partially because also the government knows that teachers are very strong and powerful force, like potentially in Iran. That's why they are very heavy handed and extremely repressive towards them. Given that it's a very repressive situation and a lot of the organization that the teachers and other unionists are not recognized by the government, so how do the workers within Iran organize and and talk to each other if these are not legal or semi-legal organization? It's extremely difficult to organize in Iran, as you mentioned, what the government has been doing throughout the years, they've been creating their own organization. They call them like so-called worker organizations to control any independent labor activities. We have something called Workers' House, which is um, representing what, is, what we call Islamic Labor Councils. So Islamic Labor Councils are organizations that work with management, the, the state, and also try to be the um, basically the main gatekeepers when it comes to worker situation in, in factories and different workplaces. They are completely formed by government and government factions. They are getting funding and they're getting all kinds of support. They're free to do whatever they want to do. They've been actually able to build some sort of relationship with uh, WFTU. I don't know if you know about that, the World Federation of Trade Union. Uh, that and that's been also problematic in so many different ways. Uh, we have another organization called Confederation of Iranian Workers Representative. That uh, again, these are all their leadership are completely pro regime. They are not really labor activists. They are government agents, but because the government knows that <clears throat> they are serious. A huge potential for the for the independent labor movement. So they've been actually providing many support and resources to such organization, and they're not trying to in competition with workers. Us, they're trying to now reach out to RTUC uh, in Asia Pacific to see if there's a possibility of membership. These are so we are seeing a great risk for the workers movement because. Workers can't organize themselves independently. 
all the labor activists and, and throughout the years that we have seen, they all have been persecuted and repressed. Labor activists in, in workplaces, they, they've been targeted and, and, and sacked from their workplaces. Intelligence services and, and judicial system, they're after every movement and every activities of the labor, independent labor activists and teachers. At the same time, the government provides these resources to some of these people that I mentioned to go outside Iran internationally and create a picture of the government that it actually permits workers' organizations. In reality, in Iran, we have no independent workers' organization. The only ones that were formed, like uh, the bus workers of Tehran, that were that they created about 10 years ago their uh, independent union, the Syndicate of Workers of Tehran, bus worker company, or the Haftape sugarcane workers. Yes. They've been repressed heavily. Heavily, many of the activists been targeted and, and, and jailed, and like including Reza Shahabi. Many of them are still sacked from the work or suspended. And every movement that they make, they arrest them. They don't let they, they don't let them to be moving around. Same thing, just uh, the sugarcane workers. They're one of the leaders. Ali Najati was just arrested uh, last month again. Mm-hmm. And so they don't they don't permit any general assembly of workers. They can't have general membership meeting. They can't have any general assembly. Other formations such as coordinating committee to help form workers' organization. Or we have another one, a group called uh, Free Union of Iranian Workers. Their activists all are being persecuted. They all are either in jail or some of the leaders, like like the Free Union of Workers, he's one of their leaders, Jafar Azimzadeh, he just got his six-year sentence. I think he's expected to go, uh, report to prison very, time, very, very soon. Uh, the Committee to Help Form Workers Organization that is trying to support workers to help different unions and organizations. So many of the members are in jail already, or many of them are on suspended, facing suspended sentences mm-hmm. that they cannot do any activities. One of the leaders, like Mahmoud Saleh, he was already in jail for many years. He's lost two of his kidneys while he was in prison. But he got another nine-year jail term just very recently. So how do they then organize? It's, it's a question that you're asking. That's right. And if you want to uh, listen to the answer to how do they organize, you'll have to keep listening for the second part of the interview, which will be coming up straight after this community announcement. CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. It's just uh, 19 past uh, 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio, listening to Asia Pacific Currents. And uh, we'll go back to the second part of the interview with Farid Patovi in regards to the situation of workers in Iran. It also shows the, the huge resourcefulness of workers in Iran and the fact that they're willing to take risks and, and find different ways to organize themselves. I think that the technology has been helpful in terms of 
allowing workers to connect with each other through different technological devices and, and, and internet, but also through families of workers who get targeted. Families are a very important part of the labor movement in Iran. Partners and children and family members and parents and mothers and and they they're always been a strongly a strong advocates and a spokespeople for for labor who are in prison, and they uh, they have been voices of so many of those who've been arrested and persecuted. So there is a, some sort of networking that is like informal networking that the news get spread really fast. So right now, like maybe 15 years ago, it was 20 years ago, it was extremely difficult to get up to date news, but now because of all these. We can, anything that's happening, we can find out exactly the same day or day after, and that would help us internationally to campaign, to respond faster, and to campaign to have more informed and more accurate campaigns. And teachers are extremely resourceful. They have their own networks, different networks that are organized. They try to smash some of these networks. They use different media sources and they get smashed by the government and they find different sources again to actually connect and have meetings and, and, and change information with each, with each other. So despite the repression, the resistance is, uh, is amazing and the, ta- the risk that workers are taking and teachers are taking and they know that when they get involved, they would, they would get targeted absolutely be- beyond any doubt. That anyone who's organizing for teachers' rights, workers' rights in Iran, they would get targeted. Sooner or later, they would get arrested, or they would be um, basically followed completely, and and that's that's the situation. Within such situation, we see this movement is also growing as well. And one other thing that I'm gonna have to add is the poverty, the wages, the poverty wages that are like four times beyond, below the poverty level. The corruption that people see, that workers are being workers who protest against unpaid wages, they go to jail while there's so much corruption. The, the money that's been stolen by the governments and government officials and their children and family members, it's becoming it's becoming so scandalous that even the, the regime cannot hide that. And then the temporary contract, most workers they're on one month to three month temporary contract. And the abuse that uh, workers go through in workplaces or when they go to jail, all of these, they, they created this, this situation that while workers are afraid for their lives, but at the same time don't see any other choices but to protest. That's why we've seen increasing number of workplace actions for unpaid wages, for wage increases, for like, you know, protests against uh, hazardous working conditions. So at the same time, we see lots of floor activities as well. That, that's very interesting, and we certainly recognize the heroism and the courage of uh, Iranian workers, and uh, hopefully what you say will mean that in the future Iranian workers are going to get more organized and stronger. As a final question, Farid, obviously to any uh, person who's, who's interested in the in the region, it would know that the Iranian government is very involved in the conflicts in Syria and Iraq. Now, how is all this playing inside Iran, and especially within the workers' movement? Is it helping the workers' movement, or is it making organised even more difficult because there's a lot of nationalist appeals? 
if I go back a little bit to what's happening in the in the region, so we have regional powers, this all these capitalist repressive regime such as the Iranian regime or such as the, uh, the Turkish government or Saudi Arabia, their ever-growing power struggle amongst them. At the same time, we know the Western powers and imperialist powers around the world are also uh, fueling that and are all benefit from that as well. So we have what we see in the region as one hand, the, the regional struggles between these powers in the region. At the same time, the, the imperialist intervention by, by the U.S. and the, Euro, the European allies in the Middle East. And all of this created a disastrous situation, uh, like a, a hum, not only human t- and tragedy, but also in terms of you know, how reshaping the way that the, the region is. And also, I mean, it has not been, been benefiting workers because when we have a situation like that in Syria, uh, where uh, many people are refugees and, and uh, the country's civil society is falling apart, a repressive regime in Syria at one hand, but also reactionary forces such as ISIS and all these other reactionary forces in the area. It gives also opportunity for repressive regimes such, such as the Iranian regime to also expand as well and, 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 and try to be an influence in the region. So. What, what we see in Syria or what we saw in Libya or in Iraq really has no progressive forces. The only progressive force that we might see is in like areas such as Kobani and the resistance you know, uh, by, by people and like the more secular, more progressive, left-leaning resistance in areas such as Kobani. But the rest of the, the region is either reactionary forces such as ISIS on one hand and then... Uh, pro-Iranian and pro-Russia sources on one hand, and all the sources that are supported by the U.S. on the other hand. So uh, the more militarized the region is, it creates a more unsafe condition for workers generally and for um, freedom-fighting progressive forces in the, in, in, in the region. It's a pushback. I mean, and look what's happening, for instance, in Turkey, where all the bombings that progressive forces are being targeted and no one's taking responsibilities. The Turkish government is definitely implicated in all of that, but they, uh, but this continues. And and Iran the same thing. I mean, they they have the forces now in Iraq and Syria very visibly now with support of Russia as well. And this is seems to be continuing because it's it's uh, kind of like a proxy war that if the you know the West and and Russia on one hand and all these powers in the area. On the other hand, they all are fighting each other. The, the victims are ordinary people, women and children, and the working class as a whole. So uh, the position of the Iran, independent Iranian labor movement being uh, the condemnation of all these wars. Iranian labor movement has been strongly opposing all these militarization of region. They see no benefit in the Iranian government. They see the Iranian government, is, all it is trying to do is making sure that they are able to consolidate all their power in different parts of the region. There's none of them are progressive. They all are reactionary forces. And unfortunately, what we don't see we need to, that, that we need to see badly is strong labor movement, progressive movement, uh, not only in the region, in Iran and then in Iraq and other parts of the Middle East, to stand up against that, but also international support 
We need international support against all these repressive forces, that, including the Western powers, that are actually completely ruining the region. And on the other hand, I wanted to also briefly mention what's happening in, with Israel and repression of Palestinians. And du- during this time, at the same, we are seeing that uh, Israel is also continuing with, with bloody repression of Palestinians. And that also probably make it easier for Israel to continue with that while the whole region is literally is falling apart. Well, Farid, we can certainly agree with uh, your thoughts about the need for working class organizations to become more involved and to become more open about who's on our side and actually to fight for our sides. And hopefully we can both work in our respective countries, in our respective contexts to make that um, happen for the benefit of not just workers here in Australia or in Iran, but in the whole region. So with those words, thank you very much, Farid, and we'll certainly talk more in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Pierre, for the opportunity, and um, have a good day. You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party, Power to the People. And you just listened to an interview with Farid Patovi from the International um, Alliance in Support of Workers in Iran about the state of the workers' movement in Iran. That's really all that we've got time for. Um, Stay tuned for 3CR Radio for Palestine Remembered coming up uh, straight after this program. Asia-Pacific Currency is brought to you by Australia-Asia Worker Links every week at the same time, 9 o'clock. Don't forget the Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression on Monday uh, this coming Monday, eight-hour monument at half past 5 p.m., corner of Largon and Victoria Street, opposite Trades Hall. And Giselle is laughing, probably seeing how many words can you put in a minute, Pierre. But that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. We'll see you next week. I'm Giselle Hanna. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.